everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. When I was a kid, I grew up during my whole childhood days really being into basketball, you know. And one of my goals was to, was to palm a basketball. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think most guys know what I'm talking about. Ladies, to palm a basketball means you hold the basketball out just with your hands, with your fingertips. And there's something cool about that because when you can do that, you have better control of the ball. It's just something that, you know, your, your, your guy friends would go, man, you can palm a basketball, dude. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. How many of you can palm a basketball, guys? Be honest. Don't be lying. I know most of you go, oh, I can. No. How many? All right, a few, a few, a few. Palming a basketball is interesting because when you palm a basketball, you've got to spend time with the basketball. As you spend time with the basketball, your hands sort of shape like, like the ball. I don't play basketball hardly anymore. I did growing up. And, and what's so interesting is I can still palm a ball pretty good. But you can tell, I mean, used to, I could pick it up off the dribble. You know, I could, you know, you, I'm, I'm dribbling there, I like, boom. See, now I just, I can't, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I, wait a minute. I used to just, just, just go right up off the dribble. There you go. Like that. But used to, it was simple. I could go from here to there. I mean, from, see, I used to go right and left, palm it. I can't do it because I don't spend time trying to palm oh, the basketball like I used to. When you do palm it, though, it strengthens your hands. Get, 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 a, get a tight shot here. Look at this. See, kind of the, I mean, it, it's pretty tough to palm a basketball. Palming a basketball, palming a basketball, that, that's a lot of fun. So try that at home. It's, it's good to strengthen your hands and, you know, it keeps you uh, nimble and limber. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, also I, I learned how to spin the ball on my finger. That, I mean, that, that, that took some time. It took me about a week when I was a kid to, to learn how to do that. And I used to do all these tricks and stuff with my friends and, you know, changing hands and all that and, but I've really kind of lost it. I, I used to could do this pretty good. I used to do like, oh, let me see what I did. Some of the tricks I could do. Let me see. I used to do like that or that. Some of those. Anyway, I spent a lot of time with the basketball, as you can tell, as you can tell. Everybody close your eyes with me for a second. Every single person, close your eyes. We're going to play an imaginary game right here. All of our campuses, if you're watching by television, wherever, just for a second, close your eyes. Listen to this story. You're in Seattle. It's rainy. It's cold. And you stop by one of the squillions of coffee bars. You walk in. You smell the coffee. You hear those sounds and people talking back and forth, the barista serving up the drinks. You order your favorite hot beverage, maybe a cappuccino. You sit down by yourself at a little table. You're looking outside and you're seeing just the 
beauty of the Northwest. And all of a sudden, someone walks in. You look and you see kind of a geeky-looking, goofy guy. Middle-aged, glasses, kind of pale. You say to yourself, hmm, he looks sort of disheveled. He orders some coffee. And in your shock and amazement, you say to yourself, that looks like Bill Gates. Wait a minute, that is Bill Gates, and he's coming over to my table. What? He sits down, extends his hand. I'm Bill Gates. You give him your name, I give him my name, and he says, may I, may I sit and talk to you? We go, sure. Then he says, I want to propose a partnership. He goes, I just checked my net worth. It's $56 billion. I want to, to give you, to, to donate to you $56 billion. All of my holdings, all of my money, it's yours. All I ask you to do is give me a tenth. So gladly, I know I would without even having to talk to Lisa about it, we gladly return to him $5.6 billion. We shake hands, and he goes, hey, once a year, let's meet here, and all you got to do is just give me a tenth of your earnings off of the billions that I've given you. Now look at me. Look at the smiles. Was that a great, was that a great thought? Bill Gates comes up to you and me out of nowhere. We form this partnership, and all we have to do is return to him a tenth, a tenth of all the stuff we have now. Again, I wouldn't even have to mention that to my wife. I'm in. Everybody here. You'd be an idiot if you said, no, let me think about it. Let me talk to my attorneys. Let me. What? It's Bill Gates. The Bible is about a business transaction. The Bible from cover to cover is about a partnership. In the Garden of Eden, you've got God doing his part, man doing our part. God told Adam and Eve, this husband and wife team, hey, enjoy the garden, manage the garden, it's yours. I want you to live in the zone, in the blessed place. I'm the blesser, you're blessed. I want you to be a blessing. Then God said, but there's one tree. It's my portion. Don't jack with the tree. Don't touch the fruit on the tree of knowledge. I'll keep my end of the deal, God said. You keep yours. Let me have my portion. Adam and Eve were like, all right, God. The enemy slithered up to them, tempted them to walk out of the zone and into this psychedelic optical illusion that leads to a delusion and ultimately destruction, the enemy attacked God's portion. Hey, he said, if you eat off of the tree, if you eat that fruit, that, that, that fruit that's so heavy hanging there on the branches, if you eat that fruit, you can become like God. You, you can know good from evil. So they 
stepped out of the zone, out of the blessed place, ate the fruit. Most scholars, most Jewish scholars believe the forbidden fruit was a pomegranate. They ate the fruit, and you know the rest of the story. God's a God of the partnership, the God of the business deal. He initiates it. We don't deserve it. I want to do business with you, he says, and I'll do my part. You do your part. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in business with you if you do. Just do what I tell you to do. Lisa and I have been married for almost three decades now. Marriage is great. Marriage is not always the easiest thing. Many times it's the hardest thing, but it can become the greatest thing when we're willing to work. In other words, when we're willing to do things that we don't always feel. We don't always feel like doing what God tells us to do. Am I the only one? I mean, surely you're the same. Well, I don't always feel it. If I wanted to feel it, I'd be all jacked up. I'd be, I'd be living here and not here. Lisa and I say frequently, I love you, 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 I love you. A lot we've said that. Talk is cheap. You can say that all day and night until the cows come home. But you got to prove it. Isn't that right? The guys are like, oh yeah, you know it's right. The ladies are like, yeah, he better prove it. Yeah, we got to prove it. Back it up. Talk is cheap, we say. you got to prove it. Adam and Eve, God said, I know you love me. You say it. Show me. Prove it. Don't jack with my portion. Don't jack with it. God's a God of the partnership, the business deal. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, you find a true business proposal. This is sort of the verse, the life verse for our family. It's also been the life verse of my parents and their parents. Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it's such a classic, classic section of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 right in the middle of the Bible. Psalms, then Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will keep your path straight. Do you see the business deal right there? Just, just check it out. Do you see the contract? God says, all right, your part my part. My side of the bargain, your side of the bargain. Here's, here's, here's our side of the bargain. Because God is the one who initiates all this. We, we can't initiate anything with God. We're fallen and fallible. We're self-centered sinners. God's holy. Yet God says, I want to form a partnership with you. How, how off the chain is that? Your side is trust. Trust. What does the word trust mean? In the literal language, it means to lie helpless before God. We're helpless and hopeless. 
I've tried to be God before of my life, so have you. It doesn't work. We come to a point where we say, okay, God, you're God, I'm not. I'm toast. I'm nothing without you. To trust. That's what it means to have faith and to trust. We hear a lot these days about trusts, and we hear about things that are entrusted. Have you ever thought about what's entrusted to you and me? The tangible and the intangible. We're, we're entrusted with stuff. God simply says, do you trust me back? Do you trust me back? Trust in the Lord. That's our part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with the totality of who you are, even when you don't feel like it. Even when it's rainy and you don't want to come to church. Lean not on your own understanding. What did Eve do? Adam and Eve kind of leaned against that tree of forbidden fruit. They, they would probably lean against, the, against the, the tree first, against that trunk, and kind of looked up at the fruit. They didn't just snatch it. They, they probably just, you know, this is a pretty cool shade right here. I like this. And, Man, I bet that'd be good. Wow. Look at those pomegranates. Again, that's probably what the forbidden fruit was. Look, look at the, they, whoa, they're so bright, and you know they would taste so good, that tart seed, and they're just, I just like pomegranates, but let's just, baby, let's don't touch it. And then what happened? They, they, they began to lean into their own understanding. They turned from trust, and that's when they bit the dust. Would somebody help me rhyme? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's trust. And he'll make your path straight. My deal is just to trust. God, I, I trust you. I don't understand it all. I know I don't always feel it. I trust you. Then God's going to make my path straight. My marital path straight. My relational path straight. My career path straight. My financial path straight. My recreational path, straight. Everything God's going to make straight. What's the quickest point from A to B, a straight line? I can go straight into the zone when I trust God. You're God, I'm not. You're the blesser, I'm blessed. I want to be a blessing. Here's how I screw up. I see my part, I see God's part, but I want to do God's part. God, that sounds good. I'll make my own path straight. I'll forge my own future. I'll pave my own path. I know what's best for me, and it seems so good and sexy and hip and politically correct, but the writer of Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to man that only leads to destruction. So the way that seems right in our own understanding will mess us up. God's ways are higher than man's ways. They're better than our ways. He wants us to be blessable, to, to achieve our best, his best for us on planet Earth. We've got to trust him. Okay, what does that look like? Let's, let's unpack that trust. What, what, what does that look like? Some of you are going, okay, trust. I, I trust God for my eternity. I'm going to heaven. I got a ticket to heaven. I trust God there. I trust God for... Peace. I trust God for joy. I trust God for a clear conscience. I trust God to give me 
guidance. I trust God in these intangible things. I, I trust him. That's what trust means, Ed. You're right. Trust, though, means something more than just the intangible. Trust also means the tangible. There's 500 verses, for example, if you're a statistician, on faith and prayer in the Scriptures. 500. There are 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Now let me say that again. Think about it. Only 500 verses. Only 500. About faith and prayer. Pretty big subjects. Four times as many verses, 2,000, about money and possessions, the tangible. I wish that wasn't in the Bible. Am I the only one? Money matters to me. Matters to you too. Why does God always have to talk about money and the tangible and treasure? We think about making money, don't we? We think about investing money, protecting money, and saving money. We think about our crazy economy, money, 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 money. Money. Money's personal. Money's not bad in and of itself. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money. Well, now God, in his word, talks about this. Here's what trust looks like. Let's continue. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. I'm not making this stuff up. Here's God. Here's our part. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of your crops. That's my part. Okay, what does trust look like? I honor you, God, with my wealth. Everybody has a certain size pile of pomegranates. Some have a tiny pile of pomegranates. Pomegranates are leaving very, very quickly. Others have a medium-sized pile of pomegranates. Others, maybe you have a big old honking pile of pomegranates. It doesn't matter. We all have pomegranates. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops, that's my part, all right, God's part. Then your barns, if we honor the Lord and trust him with our stuff, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. I like that. I trust God makes my path straight. What does trust look like? I honor God with the first fruits of my gain. I bring it to God. Here's the deal. God does not want something from you. He wants something for you. I don't want something, as a pastor, from you. I want something for you. I want you, I want to, along with you, to live in the zone. When you read this, don't think, oh, man, God, I guess he wants my money. Are, are you kidding me? God's not saying, wow, it's been pretty tough in heaven. The economic indicators are going south. I, I really need her first fruits and his first fruits. If he would bring it, man, it'd be. No. He's God. We trust God 
blesses. He makes our path straight. We honor him. We're just bowled over with blessings, with the first fruits of our wealth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is this ten? Are these ten pomegranates? Yeah, there are ten pomegranates here. The pomegranate, again, most Jewish scholars think was the forbidden fruit. So I guess if I bring my tenth to God, then everything's cool. So I just look around. All right. This one's, this one's kind of messed up a little bit. It's okay. It's still a tent. I'll bring this to God, to his house. Question. Is that the first fruit? Answer. No. Question. Is that the tithe? Answer. No. It's great. It's a tenth, but it's not the tithe. God's a God of the first. He sent his firstborn, Jesus, as his tithe. Where did he direct his tithe? To the church. God says, tithe the first day of the week. The Christian church moved the first day of the week from Saturday to Sunday, the resurrection day. Everyone here, we've tithed this week. This is the first day of the week. We've given it to God. He's going to bless this week. God's the God of the first. You come home from work, husbands, wives, the first four or five minutes sets the course, that first little bit of time for the rest of the evening. Am I talking too rapidly? God's a God of the first. Only the first has the power to redeem the rest. My tithe is when I'm paid, or in this context, the crops are harvested, my first fruits, my first my first, before I can count the other nine, my first goes to God. That's trust. That's faith. That's like, God, you better show up. I mean, I haven't even got the other nine yet. We bring it to God. We're honoring God with the first fruits, the first portion, the first part of our gain. And here's what God does. He takes your tithe and mine. Doesn't matter if you are tithing $10 or $10 million. Doesn't matter. Everybody can play. He takes it, opens it. What's inside? What? Seeds. Say it loud. Seeds. Seeds are inside. So God takes your tithe in mind and multiplies it. Then on top of that, he takes the seeds and sows them back into the life of the sower. That's the, the zone, that's the blesser, the blessed and the blessings as we bring, not give, we're not giving, we're not giving, we're not giving, remember? We bring it to God. Bill Gates, again, is not even a, a factor in God's economy. What? 56 billion? Nothing, nothing to God. He proposes a deal sweeter than that, sweeter than the coffee bar in Seattle. God does with you and me. Just, 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 I'll stay in business with you. If you stay in business with me, if you just, if you just return a tenth of what I blessed you with. What did Eve do? Well, I'll tell you what Eve did. Eve took the pomegranate, 
And, and basically, she was palming the pomegranate. She had a vice grip on it. And a lot of people have a vice grip on God's portion, on the first. We're just palming it like I palmed that basketball. We've worked for it, and we've worked on it, and the veins are sticking out, and we're palming the pomegranate. I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to bring it. And then we take the pomegranate. We palmed it so much it just split open. We sit down, and we eat God's portion. That's what Eve did. That's what Adam did. That's what the enemy attacked. He went after God's portion. He went after God's portion. We eat the tithe. We're under a curse, the Bible says. We bring the first. We're in the zone, in the blessed place. Now you understand why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, this is Jesus talking, that's where your heart is. And I'm like, why? He talks about treasure. He just nails me every time. Why? One out of six verses in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are about possessions. 16 out of Christ's 38 parables are about money. Why? It's not just money. Where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. He didn't say where my time is. I wish he would have said that. He didn't say where my talents lie. He said, no, Ed, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And take me being a pastor aside, for 30 years, Lisa and I have faithfully brought the tithe, the first fruits of our income, to the house. Faithfully, we've, we've done that. Our treasure. And many times we've not felt like it. Where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. So it's treasure. That, that's the key. It's the treasure test. When my treasure is in the house, my time follows, and my talents follow. God never says, hey, tithe your time, tithe your talent. It's about treasure. It's about treasure. And the prophet Malachi even hammers this home once again. He says in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, hey, will a man rob God? Have you ever been ripped off before? I have. Anyone ever stolen something from you? I have. Yeah. You ever been in a business deal where someone has, has stolen from you? A business transaction, a partnership, someone you trusted, turned on you? Oh, yeah, we all have. Will a man rob God? God says, you rob me. How do we rob you, God? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you. Why? You're robbing me. And here's where God gives us permission to test him. The only time in Scripture God says, okay, test me. Test me. I'm going to challenge you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I know you're wanting to palm your pomegranate. Let it go. Because when we let it go, look, now we're ready to receive. 
bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Okay, don't want the floodgates of heaven open or closed. Blessing or cursing, let me think. And God will pour out so much blessing. The tangible and intangible favor of God that you will not have enough room for it. That's the God challenge. So this whole situation is up to you and me. The quickest way from A to B is the treasure test. Where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. Where my heart is, that's where my time and talents lie. And I want to thank so many of you for your generosity, for your heart in this matter. And it's my sincere prayer that some of you who've never done this will begin to do this. If this is your church where you're getting fed, it goes here. If you're watching this online or by television, wherever, it goes to your local church. Basketball. I mean, are you palming and trying to eat the tithe? Or have you released it? Brought it to God in the blessed place. Let's pray together. No one moving or stirring during this time. This is a very, very strategic moment. Because whenever you talk about treasure, whenever you talk about stuff, it's personal. It's personal in my life. It's personal in every person's life here. God wants the best for you. The absolute best. It's not always the easiest. He wants the best. And it's my prayer that you say, God, I'm ready to trust you. Not only in the intangible, but in the tangible. Some of you here maybe have never, ever, ever asked God to take control of your life. You can make that decision now by saying, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe to the best of my ability that you rose again. Even though I've got some questions and doubts, I trust you, God. I, 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 I just, by faith, receive it. Take control of my life. I trust in you. I give all my ways to you. You're God, I'm not. I lie helpless before you, Lord. That Jesus is first, he's Lord. He can't be second, he's gotta be first. Others of us here need to begin to trust God with the tangible. It, it, is, it is so stunning how when we bring that tangible to his house, that everything else follows. So, Father, may we commit to accept your challenge and do what you want us to do in this regard. Thank you for wanting something for us, not from us. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. 
you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.